Welcome to the Center of Memphis podcast. I'm your host, Brantley Davidson. Um, and as always, I'm joined this week by Executive Director of the Center, Howard Graham and Dan Butler. The Center of Memphis exists to define reality and offer hope for leaders in Memphis. We meet weekly in group sessions in person uh, and via Zoom. And in those sessions, we talk through leadership topics as well. Um, during the week, we meet with individuals um, to offer advice or consult or even just listen to their unique issues or opportunities uh, at work or in life. So uh, also throughout the week, you can find our content that we email um, or put on our website, which is thecentermemphis.org. Um, and you can find all of that through various social channels like Instagram, YouTube, um, and again, through our site, um, thecentermemphis.org. So please visit the site, sign up for our emails um, and for our group sessions. We'd love to meet you and talk with you. Um, and uh, also, please subscribe to this podcast, wherever it is that you are tuning in from. Um, this week and the next week, we're talking about purpose. This week specifically, we're talking about the theology of purpose. Next week, we're going to get a little bit more into some practicality of actually putting purpose into work and giving some examples and just sort of rumbling through that together. So today is going to be a little bit more about what God says about purpose um, and how that um, applies to work. Uh, and then next week, we'll actually get into some specific details um, of how that applies. So Dan and Howard, glad to see you this morning. Thank you. Um, Good morning. But I'm curious, maybe just to get us started this morning, and, and Dan, I may tee this over to you. Why, why discuss the theology of purpose? I mean, you know, we had a good speaker this morning um, uh, at the center that it just really, you know, he talked a lot about God was a sliver of his life versus the center. Hmm. And when it was the sliver, it was always looking for what's next, what's, you know, what's the hope, what's the you know, the vision, the plan, you know, is this it, you know, the, so I feel like the theology, theology of purpose is like, what's the purpose behind the purpose, if you will. So that's, you know, kind of figure out our why, why, why do we go to work? Why do we try to, you know, you know, advance our career? Why, what, why are we doing all these things? So, yeah. Because it's why we're made. And, <laughs> Uh, even more, you know, it, we're, we're talking about it because we get really confused and we get it really backwards. I, I was on a, it was a huge, there was a meeting of a, a bunch of folks in Memphis, a bunch of business folks in Memphis recently, and they hired a purpose consultant to come in. And she had done this at the highest level, help other organizations find the purpose of the organization uh, and, and made it real clear that purpose leads to profit. Uh, but... Hmm. Even Harvard is saying that that's an empty promise these days. The, the profit is an empty purpose. Yes, that just <clears throat> organization having a purpose is not enough. If it doesn't align with your individual purpose, you'll be empty. Hmm. Uh, so the purpose of your purpose matters because if who you are and what you're made to be doesn't align with what you're doing, then you'll be restless. So that's, 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 what, that's the premise of their uh, March and April issue um, and hold their whole series of articles. I have to play that all the way down to individual. But they're saying the purpose of your purpose matters mm. or you'll be discontent in your work. And Augustine said it a lot better than that 1,700 years ago, give or take, that we'll be restless, mm. that we'll be restless, especially uh, believers um, 
as we'll see in a minute, we have a distinct advantage. Yeah. And that, that Harvard Business Review article is really interesting because one of the, the quotes that you've shared with me individually um, has been helpful because I wasn't alive when some of this stuff was happening. It was happening in the early eight, in the mid 80s. I was, you know, confession time. I was born in 86. So evidently, like leaders in the mid 80s, early 90s were sort of in that um, mission vision kind of era of having to describe that for their business. And now Harvard was saying that now it's the purpose era. Yeah. Is that fair to sort of summarize it that way? Yeah, yeah. I mean, nobody talked mission vision kind of stuff until the 70s. And uh, Drucker got it from the – Peter Drucker, a great business consultant, got it from the military, and the military then had it. And now everybody does that. But then uh, – and Jim Collins so well says if, if your business doesn't serve a, uh, a societal need, it's, it's empty and won't last. And that's true about business. But now get even closer. To, it's got to be aligned to your core purpose. And that doesn't mean that what this, how the CEO is aligned is the same as how uh, all the workers are aligned. But if they, if they come to work not aligned, uh, they'll, be, they'll be restless. Yeah. So I mean, one of the reasons we are here at the center and even within this podcast is because for us as followers of Jesus, we think that we have – the best clarity on understanding our purpose. We think it's the best definition of purpose and we have an advantage in understanding that maybe more so than other folks. And so we, we are passionate about it and want to talk about it because we think it can be helpful in, in, in your individual life um, as well as potentially having a business impact, right? I think is a little bit of what, HBR is, is getting at and defining purpose and Jesus helps clarify that and give us the best purpose. Yes. If we know why we're here, what we're going to see in, in this podcast is the theology of it, what, how God designed it. And, and then the next one, we're going to get really super practical to prove it. Uh, because, uh, for those who, who trust in the Lord Jesus already, uh, it's the only reason to still be here <laughs> to live it out every day. And then we'll, so we'll, we'll, get, we'll get to that as we go. But the premise is we are better equipped. Sometimes we feel like you're in conflict, but actually it's equipping that, you, that we have. And so we'll see that theologically, and then we'll see it um, practically. We'll prove it next yeah. week, next, so time, next podcast. The th- theology of purpose sounds really churchy. Howard, is it churchy? Well, I love that. I love that. I got to just give that. And I was teaching a class one day at, a, at, at one of those churchy churches uh, that I love. And uh, somebody said, well, this sounds like all theology. I don't like theology. I just want to know what God says. And I said, all right, we got it. You got it. Theology is just the study of God, understanding who God is, what he meant, what he, why we're here, and, and, uh, and the study of God in all things. So then why, why uh, do we have work? Would be it would be uh, well it's ordained by God, and so everything finds its purpose in God. Um, he is in all things. He is uh, through all things, and all things are going back to Him. So it, it really is just understanding how the world works, isn't it? Is is theological? Hmm. So, in the like the churchy thing, what you're saying is, regardless of whether it sounds churchy or not, is that we need to know God. Yes. Who is He? He made. Everything. Um, the, the Christians love love the He sent His Son uh, to the world because He loved the world to, to to live and die for us, and that changed everything. And then, even the why did He do it? Uh, 
we're not our own, as our great producer uh, quoted uh, to me earlier uh, today. We're not our own. We're bought with a price. He didn't leave us here unchanged. He led us here to join him in what he's doing. So in joining him then, what does that say about what our what is our purpose? Throughout the throughout the Bible, he makes these really clear. And we're about to, to go through them, but he gives us, he makes us in his image. He says, come follow me. He gives us the great commandment to, to love him with all our heart, soul, and mind, love our neighbors, ourselves. And he gives us a great commission, uh, which we'll read fully uh, in a minute. But he tells us uh, to go and make disciples uh, when we know, we know we're his. So I'll, I'll throw it back to you guys and just, let's just go through each of those and, and let's look at how, uh, Dan, how the creation mandate, uh, the fact that we're made in his image and we're called to be co-creators, how does that, how does that help you understand your purpose? Well, I think for me it's, um, you know, I think just dealing day to day with, with people and just knowing that, you know, we're all images of God, no matter if you're the homeless person on the street or the CEO, and just understanding that as the core that God made all of us yeah. and we're made in his image. And so I just feel like that, that helps us to, you know, and even our spouse or whoever it is, love them for who they are and where they are and start there. Does that make sense? Like, it does. It you does. know, just start at the core. Like we're all image, image bearers of God. We're all created by God. So um, use that as the, the starting base of, you know, and then unfold stuff that may be an issue or what you're trying to help them with or trying to help them grow with or whatever. So. It may even be seen to be against you. I love that's that. Right. I'm an image. You're, that's right. You're coming against me, an image of God. God loves right. me. Oh, wait a minute. He loves you too. That's right. He, he loves you me. also. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, the the, the second one um, from a, a purpose perspective is Matthew four nineteen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to be fishermen of men or, you know, or to go fish out for people. And it's this is an interesting purpose statement, right, because it's – it. F- it almost sounds, it sounds really intense, right? To go fish for people. But first Jesus says, follow me. May I like, I want you to be my follower. And we know throughout the Bible, like what that exactly means, where it, it, he claims us, we believe in him. We are then able to, um, to understand him and love him. And then he makes him, makes us a part of his story that's the purpose is actually then grafted in and into what he is wanting to achieve in this place um, from a kingdom perspective. And that for any, I think, um, achiever to be a part of something is a great calling. Yeah. You've got a great leader. Yeah. What kind of leader, what, who do you want to follow that doesn't follow a great leader? Yeah, and, and then following with the great, great commandment. I mean, just first being, uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second, love your neighbor as yourself. I mean, just how powerful that is, as, especially as we're going through society with all that's going on in the world and the, the spewing of anger and, and issues. And, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's like it's telling us to, to die to ourself, right? Yeah. And just and just love that person you know regardless because we started with the image bearer and now it's like no die yourself what is it i can do to help in this situation or with whatever's going on in your heart and and not not run from it 
if that makes sense. So I've, I've been very convicted of that lately. And it's not a die to yourself. You're like, oh, how do I uh, suffer today? Right. Just love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Love your neighbors yourself. That's all positive. That's right. <laughs> it's all really exciting. That's right. And you, you're, remember, anybody's dated? Your friends think you're nuts. You've given up everything. Hmm. Uh, right. But, but you know you found something better. That's right. And then they're running to God the same way. Yeah, I love how you frame that. Just it's not it's not the negative, and yeah. the, the, it's it's all positive. It's all in love. Yeah. It look like we've given up some things, right? To others, but our heart will know it's it's resting and and doing what it's made to do. Yeah. Right. And then the the last one is um, from a purpose um, angle that we're summarizing today is the Great Commission, which can be found in Matthew twenty eight or Acts, um, and also is clarified in Acts one. And Jesus said. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything if I, as I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. So, again, someone who grew up in a bit of a legalistic background um, wanted to be a doer to uh, earn my you know, earn love, I think, earn love with Jesus. Mm. Here, this statement is saying, first, if you are my follower, understand this, that all authority was given to me first, and now I'm asking you to go do this. You're my follower. You're mine. I have the authority, and I'm giving it to you on my behalf to go out and help accomplish, you know, in business language, the objectives of Jesus, which is to build his kingdom. And that's the interesting thing for all of these purposes is they all have a kingdom component to it. They do, and they all have – where do we spend most of our time? Most people on this podcast will spend most of their time at work. Mm-hmm. And they, these are so work-related, it's, 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 it's shocking. Like how we could ever separate faith and work and looking at these commandments would be difficult. Creation mandate, be a co-creator, make things, put everything under my dominion. That is the ultimate uh, – job description we had the job description from the very beginning then he enhanced it come and follow me uh as you just said and and then i'll teach you to you already are there he was talking to fishermen when he said this i'm gonna i'm gonna teach you you can still fish and you can and and you can fish for people at the same time if you follow me and then the commandment that's given everything over his worship he's saying now ah we we got it all backwards We, we turn worship into an hour and a half experience somewhere or or and now we've turned in maybe a Zoom 45 minutes. But he's saying all of life. So that means your work is worship. And that's what he was saying in the creation when he to Adam and Eve, but he's saying it again and to bless people. And that's the same as putting them as dominion. And then the Great Commission, I'll be with you always. I'm with you. I'm going back up to heaven. He said it right before then. They said, wait, what about this political climate? What about this? What about that? They, in the Acts version, you can see that in Acts 1 7. And he said, don't worry about that. Mm. Don't worry about that. Go and make disciples, and I'm with you. I've got all power. I've got all with you. I'm always still with you, just like in the Matthew verse. The kind of, I'll, I'll do it. So work, it's there the whole way through. It is our job. And theologians will argue, since this is a theological podcast, does it mean as you go or does it mean to go? Hmm. And the best answer to that is yes. Yeah, all right. <laughs> yes. Yes, some of us are called to go and get up and go, and some of us are called uh, to to surrender what we have right now and not even knowing it, just knowing that that's worship. 
Yeah, so as we've, Howard, that was a great wrap and sort of understanding like what a little bit of our role is in advancing the kingdom. I guess my, my question, Dan, I'll kick it to you first, is not getting too much into doing, since that's what we're really getting into next week, mm-hmm. but how do you take some of these purpose principles and purpose statements and our role in the kingdom and a little bit, of, well, maybe stay principally in, in your application at work? I mean, a simple answer is just the, the lens with which you start looking and working with others. Is it is it, you know, Christ centered first in the lens of the what the Bible is telling us to do or you know or outside of that. So I think that's that's where I would start. Yeah. And 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 the business involves with people. Right. Right. So if I if I see each person as I see them theologically correct. Right which means they're made in the image of God and God loves them more than I do and God's taking care of them more than I do. But now my role with them, theologically, <laughs> my role with them practically is to bless them and to let them know who they are and to know, and to know what they think about God. The most important thing about a man or woman is what they think about God. Mm-hmm. And, and within that, like loving your neighbor part, like you can still love them through the bad, right? And we'll get more into that next week, but... right. You know, yeah. It doesn't matter if it's a good thing or a bad thing. Like it's, it's they're being love. a stinker, right? Oh, that. Might, oh, they must need love. That's right. Yeah, and I think the other interesting piece of this too is that a lot of, and I, I was saying this some, right, and sort of a little bit of the summaries of the purpose statements is that we there is some, you know, there's a, some objectives with the purpose, right, uh, of these purpose statements of building the kingdom of God and capturing fish, for instance, of which the metaphor is used for capturing people as fish which is sort of it's a it's a it's a tough metaphor right to think about if you're always focused on thinking of people as catching the fish but at the same time to your point god asks us to love those same people so it's not just about the objective it's as much as it is too about loving your neighbor in the process and loving those folks and understanding what that looks like in your context yeah it's the opposite of fishing and he he meant it that way it's it's not tricking them into catching a line that's right and, and some of our work is like that which i manipulate try to get people to buy our stuff but in this case fishing is letting them know who they are loving them and saying come with me come with me and you will then, you, then you'll have to say you tell somebody that and they say what does that mean you will start sacrificing you will start helping them uh but it's, it's to care more about them than you care about yourself yeah i mean i think with these four and just just taking it, I mean, like what hits me hard is just the love them no matter what, no matter no matter who it is, where they are, where you are, like just love them, and how much that will change the paradigm shift of knowing that their image of God, you know what I mean? Just what we're called to make disciple, all that's packed in, but like how how much that would just change if 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 everybody asked for the Holy Spirit to work them in that way to see that that's the way they should operate throughout the day. Yeah. So. So, how is the church doing on this, Howard? Not so good. Uh, you can look up these uh, stats. Anybody can look them up. Uh, we'll, we'll put them a link in, in the podcast. But uh, Barna Group uh, surveyed that, and we're, we're, we're losing. Um, and so, we, we must not be doing that. And this is in, this in the doing podcast, but theologically, we're off. Uh, we're, not, we're not actively doing this well, and we're not – you know, the people who say they uh, believe are down. Uh, the silent generation, um, the, those that born before 45, they're, they're holding pretty steady. 
but in general, uh, Christianity in the last uh, 20 years is down uh, 10 percentage points. Baby boomers um, are holding so much steady at 76% or still say they're Christians. And Generation uh, Y, uh, people born all the way th uh, from 65 to 80, but 67, but the millennials at 49, less than half, but people identify as unaffiliated. That's where you're not losing them to, to Buddhism or to, uh, or to Judaism or to Hinduism or to Muslim uh, faith. You're, you're, they're being lost. To, they don't care. Uh, they're unaffiliated. So those stats, does that back up just a local church problem or is it a bigger, bigger problem? And it's not, and we're not, by the way, we're not talking about uh, even yet, are you going to church or not? Those same <coughs> Christians are, aren't going to church at the same rate. And, and that's, that's, a, and that's a, you know, don't get, you don't get filled up. Uh, your well might not be ready to, 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 to give to others. And you don't come and worship. You don't surrender. That, that, that would certainly be a place to start. But we're not, the way we engage culture. Uh, Tim Keller has a series out, and, he's quote, and he quotes James Hunter, how, how to um, now win back the West. And this is here we are in the middle of the Ukrainian uh, war, an invasion of Ukraine by Russia. And uh, we have, we have uh, done three things, says James Hunter. First, we've been defensive against the culture. And we say, make it ours. And it goes to the Crusades. And even uh, everybody, everybody's got to be Christian and then to dominate in that way. Uh, and that has failed. We have seek purity and culture to withdraw from. Some people are just moving away. Mm. There's a colony in Kansas just moving away. Uh, and to withdraw from it and to be pure without it. Can't, I can't get stained by it. But that's not it. Jesus stained himself greatly, suffered for himself. And then the third, the one that's most prevalent, is compromising uh, with the culture that we're just, uh, we'll just be like them. But instead, we're becoming more like them. Yeah, our media consumption in its own is uh, 3,000 hours on general content of media consumption, including digital. And our, uh, and our uh, theological-based content is 152%. So it's, it's shaping us. That, that's for Christians, by the way. That's not for the... Will you say that one more time? So our, 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 even our media content is... I uh, heard John Mark Comer talking about this. <coughs> is shaping how we think and believe. Christians take in, especially young millennial and, and why Christians, take in 3,000 hours of content for work, for entertainment uh, in, in, in their lives. That's 50 hours a week. Think about how much of that's work, how much of that's entertainment. And, uh, but just 2% of it. 150 hmm. of 3,000 hours is theologically based. Well, so then the world is, f what I watch forms me. What yeah. I read forms me. Yeah. If I'm capitalistic, I'm cap ooh, capitalistic. So all those things, th that's where those three, you know, uh, problems we have that James Hunter outlined comes from is w what's, where do we let letting form us? Yeah. That's a really, as a millennial who probably, who might be trending towards those hours, that's really convicting. Um, I feel like I know some of the answer to this next question, but I'm curious then based on some of those things, Dan and Howard, what, what, what is our solution? Uh, let me, let me give what, what was also in that uh, same series as they gave the problems and then Dan, you, you comment, mm -hmm. uh, but we can't, we can't see ourselves as dominate. We can't see ourselves as withdraw. We can't see ourselves as, oh, let's just be like them. Um, Paul says it'll be all things to all people, but when he says that, he's a servant of them. Leslie Newbegin said years ago, if we're gonna if we're gonna if we're gonna win people, we're gonna help people know how great Jesus is, we'll serve them like he served us. 
uh, will be a servant, not and, and treat our own faith as a mistress, you know, like where it's just something we do on the side and are kind of embarrassed to talk about. No, we'll we'll look at how we can serve. Hmm. I mean, that's where I, that's where I was just landing. It's just like, you know, um, the don't give up, don't, you know. I don't, I don't know if that relates back to. I mean, I'm going back to what you're saying. That what Brantley was saying with the hours and all that stuff. But just, you know don't run from something to something. We've talked about that a lot over the past several months and just, just, you know, just being there, being present and just showing, you know, going forward, not worrying about the past or worrying about what somebody did or didn't do. You know what I'm saying? Like God's covered us. That's God's grace is, is forgiveness. That's, that's what, you know, water on the bridge. Let's move forward. I don't and, need anything. Right. Just keep, just keep going. So. I can love you. I'm theologically in a good position. I know, I know God's given me everything I possibly need. And so I can say, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm so full. Uh, Will, what can I do for you? Hmm. When you think about just like that quote that, of the, that the role of the church would not be a, should, should be a servant, not a mistress. Like, well, one of y'all flesh that out. Like, what do you think that really, like, what's the, what's the difference between a servant and a mistress? Well, since we don't have mistresses. No, mistress is, is something is on the side. Mm-hmm. Mistress is something um, either in either direction is a mistress, and I, I, I haven't um, I don't know fully what Newbigin's saying himself, but it just struck me so powerfully. I know the way uh, Tim Keller explained it, but it means we know we don't need anything from the world, and we also know that we are this. We are priest a prophet of jesus we are an emissary we are his prince and princess to go out into the world and to serve it to love it as god so loved the world we should so love the world and neither is a side when i'm at work my face not a side item that i hide and when i'm when i'm uh, in faith my, my i'm not scared of the world uh, i'm I'm fully integrated. It's, it's somebody's brought totally into my, my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't have a mistress, by the way. It's not good. <laughs> and I would just add, I think it's, it's like a la carte. Like the church and what we get involved with and what we're doing and what the church is giving, kind of both sides of that. Like is it a la carte? I just take what I want that, yep. that makes me feel good. Or exactly right. Does that make sense? Versus, exactly right. Versus that feel, that's what it feels like the mistress piece is saying to me. Like, oh, I just get what I want when I want versus – I'm in my work bucket. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, that's right. You know, I'm allowed to have desserts today. Right. I'm in. No, I'm in my. I worked out today. Yeah, I got yeah. My, yeah. You know, I'm in my church bucket. I'm. I'm eating. I'm eating. I'm eating just asparagus. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This, so uh, servants, at least in, um, you know, maybe biblical times, lived in the homes. They were almost. Hmm. They weren't really part of the family, but they sort of were. You know, yeah. like I don't know if that's a perfect description. So I, I'm hearing. Like, because the, the, the quote is, the role of the church will be that of a servant, not a mistress. <coughs> the role of the church will be embedded, not on the side. It's sort of, or maybe embedded is the wrong term, but something like that. It's it's all-inclusive versus a la carte. Well, you know, like Dabo Sweeney, all in, right? Oh. <laughs> I always got to bring Dabo. Don't bring the yeah. all in. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but what did Jesus do at his core? It's the theological really important point for us. I mean, he 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 was embedded in people's lives. Yeah, he gave. He walked gave, with them, right. and he gave up to he do it. Up. He gave up everything. He had it 
perfect. And he came down and uh, take on human form, not considering equality worth God, with God something to be grasped, but paying himself in human form and suffering and being obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Mm. Uh, so he gave it all. Uh, I don't think he did that for us to go build our own empires. Right. He gave it to us so we could go be like him. So, Howard, maybe as we close sort of um, to today's theology and purpose discussion, are there any things like leave, uh, like sort of passing quotes or, or um, statements that would be helpful for it to, to leave us today? I think to know <clears throat> that Jesus – love Hebrews. It's a good place to go read anybody, but Jesus was the ultimate prophet, priest, and king, better than Moses, better than David, um, better than – anyone who had come before him and he did it ultimately did it correctly and he, then he says he tells us to go and do the same and so the reformation was all about martin luther was saying wait a minute jesus has paid for everything and you guys are charging for sins charging in dollars charging in hail marys charging and you know you can pay back sins it was it was a confusion and um that's not what the bible says you cannot do that you you, you could pray more uh, give uh, to see to see the mission of the church go forward but you're not paying God off you can't pay him off he's done it he's completed second it says quit talking in Latin he, he said because it's not secret just for the priest to hold it, everybody can know it and so people are worried about digital Bibles versus paper Bibles same thing and now now it's even more accessible amen let God's word be accessible to everyone and then thirdly the, this is the one we don't get right and this is what Newbegin and Keller and a lot of people were talking about it's like then, then the role of priest, yes, people are ordained to have special roles and special gifts, but we're all priests, prophets, and kings. So don't, and then and, and sometimes in the uh, Protestant church, we've just flipped instead of become priests, now we call them pastors, and we let them do everything. Mm. But they can't. They can't. Numerically, there's no way they can reach the world. And then, and then skill-wise, they can't reach the world. They don't know our work. They don't know the corners of the earth. A A Africa needs us there, and so does Google. So does every corporate place uh, in, in our city, Memphis, and everywhere needs the light of Christ to shine. So we, we are in partnership. The church is now a partnership um, spreading God's word because we have everything we need. Hmm. So to sort of wrap, I, I think how we would summarize this is that the purpose that God gives us is to think about the opportunities that we have as individuals and as congregations, as followers of Jesus, to seek how we can embed the gospel into our daily duties. And hopefully that that's inspiring and challenging for you all. Next week we'll be talking through some more applications of what that means. And, Thank and I'll flip it one more way. That really we're embedding our daily duties into our purpose. We're betting, we know our only reason is to, to share the love, to, to worship Christ, to glorify him by sharing that love and he's given these duties to do it. It's a good wrap. Thanks for joining us this week. Look forward to talking through more specifics of fulfilling and applying these pur this purpose uh, to your daily life next week. <laughs>